Hey, hey, folks. Good evening, and welcome along to the Monday night show of the Endless Celts podcast. Uh, I'm Anthony. Uh, delighted to be uh, hosting tonight alongside the captain of the ship, Mister Stephen Thomason. How are you, mate? Full name terms, by love it. That was a good <laughs> intro. I'm I'm feeling good, mate. I feel like I'm going to leave Friday on the path now. I feel I've got my rounds out about Europe. We had a good domestic uh, victory against Kilmarnock and. I'm actually looking forward to talking about some positives and some positive player performances and, and things like that. But before we do, Franny is trying to join us. He's having technical issues, so we hope he makes it on. I do want to remind everyone of the, the Super Six, if we get the, the table up here. So in first place is Kieran Gillahooley, I believe I'm saying that right. Coming in second, Mark Robertson. Anthony Dunn, you're, you're, you're lurking about there in third place, buddy. Yeah. You're going to get it. I Kevin Gallagher, four. Very poor on the Sunday. William Dobbin is 5th, Jamie McElduff is 6th, Ryan Taylor 7th, Alistair Jack 8th, Niall Thomas ninth. So it's getting pretty tasty at the top. What's Absolutely. that there? Look at that. 11 points between Kevin and top, top space there. So, I mean, it, it is plausible. It can be done. And here's hoping for, for more competitive rounds. I mean, it's good crack, isn't it, Anthony? Oh, absolutely. It's, this is probably the longest I've been able to remember actually putting you know, doing, doing my um, entries before the deadline. And you know what it's like, if you forget to do it once, you can end up, you know, falling way behind. So, yeah, absolutely great. And welcome along, everybody, in the comments as well. Uh, great to see you all. And um, looking forward to um, Stephen bringing up the com- all the, the sort of best ones and that will kind of make a, a dent in the, the conversation um, as well. And, um, yeah, hopefully we get Franny on with uh, pretty soon, mate. But yeah, listen, I have to say, watched Friday's show back uh, yesterday while I was doing the earns. It was a show for the ages, uh, shall we say. It mate, was, um, mate. I don't know about Rumble in the Jungle, but um, no, the Endless Cells were definitely um, Gina Lowdy, shall we say. But do, do you know the best thing about it? See, after the, after the show and after the podcast, me, William Ross sat and had a laugh for like a half an hour. That's what it's yeah. about. You have a debate, it gets heated, and then you're friends again after. It's all good, man. People have different opinions. You know I mean, everyone in the chat gets involved. And to be fair, it's what makes the podcast, isn't it? If we all agreed, it'd be boring. Absolutely, mate. And I think, uh, you know, sadly, in a lot of um, spaces in the world now, it's uh, it's a lost art, actually, you know, being able to have a debate and then agreeing to disagree and then just getting on with it. It's uh, Sadly, something that happens very rarely these days, but it's an art we mm. like to try and uh, to do well here on the show, here at Endless Cells. But uh, aye, so I think I dare say we'll just get started then, and hopefully Franny will be able just to, to join in um, if and when he can. So, like you say, Stephen, um, obviously huge disappointment uh, last Wednesday uh, in Europe, and we will followed that up with another home game at a very damp, damp and dreek Celtic Park. Uh, has to be said, there was. A lot of supporters um, that couldn't get through due to um, travel issues. You know, the rail network was down. Buses were struggling to get to get through uh, for the west side of Scotland, but still very healthy attendance um, and, a, and a good one as well. You know, Brendan's um, came out and said that it was a, a dominant performance, probably one of the most dominant since his return. Um, just good to get um, three points on the board before the international break. A hundred percent. I've seen the videos of like some railway lines in Scotland completely flooded and road systems flooded so far play to the supporters who made it like yourself Anthony and your dad not getting there to the ground to support the lads and as you said I think that was uh, Rogers 700th game in management and he won it which is some some milestone by the way some accolade for himself and I mean like like you said there it was probably I would say our most convincing 
domestic performance that, that I've seen since Rodgers has come back, and that includes players coming on the game. Obviously, new signings being involved, we're obviously going to come on to that. But I, I think for for me personally, it was just great to get back into a game again after Europe, and we're not going to go back on it. it was a disappointment. We all know that. We've talked about it in depth, but just to get the three points under the belt, increase the lead at the top of the table, and and then you take it from there and then the international break. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, obviously, we, we we mentioned that there just with, with the lineup as well. Oh, oh, do we have? <laughs> there's a life in life. Casa de Carte. It's not looking much like a castle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stripping wallpaper. That kitchen's shrunk. I'm actually stripping wallpaper. It's the house is a riot. I don't know if that's really. And it's great like that for a wee while because Ross is too busy to date till next year. Great laugh. Right. It's a good advertisement. Like you're coming to us from a from a, an unknown location. <laughs> I know. Reporting for the news, but we'll not say where. <laughs> but I, I really said about that a bit at this at right. this moment. And uh, I so well, welcome along. Listen, we just basically just started the, the the kind of chat there, and we were just saying as well about how Brendan sort of his post match comments saying it was probably as dominant as we've been and you know that the actual reflect the scoreline doesn't reflect how dominant we were but just obviously after the disappointment a Wednesday it's good to be back at home again and getting the business done on the domestic front uh, it was it was it was kind of the the perfect game maybe Anthony in the sense it was a home game against the Kilmarnock side do part of obviously the League Cup game and the first game of the season I don't really think they've had a great start to the season and stuff and so like you say it was uh, it's no, it's speak to Ross, speak to Ross. He's the one that's, he's, I'm just stripping it for him. He's the one that will be decorating. And as I say, he's busy until the new year. So that's a good advertisement for the laddie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's some Franny stripping for Ross. Listen, there better not be any dodgy activities going on at this Christmas party, by the way. Quite that's exciting. I'm excited. I'll, <laughs> I'll do anything to get him to, to Lori Spices, be a few quits. <laughs> 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 Times are tough and all that, <laughs> but no. Back to the back to the game. Um, it was a kind of the perfect afternoon. I don't think at one point, even when Kamala scored, I never ever thought we were really in trouble. And like you said, the scoreline could have been a bit more dominant. I don't think that was. It was in part down to the Kamala goalkeeper, obviously. Uh, again, times are tough. Times are tough. You've got to do what you've got to do. <laughs> um. I felt the keeper made fairly routine saves. Like the Maeda one near the end of the game, I think that was just a wee bit of television save. It was absolutely straight in his throat. I think he made that look better than what it was. I don't think, as I said, I don't think he made any top class saves, but it was. It could have been the scoreline could have been a lot more, but I felt it was a comfortable afternoon. It probably was. I'd, for me, I would have still said the. The Ibrooks game was probably a more complete performance in the sense that backs were against the wall, chips were dipped red, we're going in there going, God, we've got a back foot, back to Lagerbelk and Scales. What are we what are we in for? What's that? You never know. What's this space, Patrick McLaughlin? What's this space? But for me, I would have still said the Ibrooks game was a better performance in terms of team, but complete performance probably uh, it was as free flowing as we've played this season anyway. Absolutely, uh, I would agree agree with that, and obviously a few of the guys saying the same thing. Obviously, Jed as well. They played well on Saturday. I would agree, Jed. And um, obviously, we, we had the ball in the net early doors. You know, people are quite kind of rightfully um, called offside, but 
again, not long after that, we did um, take the lead. Great bit of skill, uh, Stephen, for Rio Hotati, who oh, looks like, I think he was maybe tuning in with you guys on Friday night. <laughs> and it was, um, you know, we, we demanded a performance and um, we definitely got it from him on Saturday. It was a great bit of skill um, to beat the, take the commander player just out of the game and a lovely composed finish into the bottom corner. Just uh, set us on our way very nicely. 100%. What I love most about the, the Tate situation is the fact that Rodgers and him have talked about that and they both know that he needed to improve in some aspects of his game. And listening to what Roger was saying about he took clips of him off the ball rather than being on it in terms of his pressing game, where to improve and the intensity he needs to play with. And I thought against Kamarnik was seeing that. He didn't stop running from minute one. I thought his goal was superb. That skill, put it through the legs of the Kamarnik player. We dragged back through the legs. And he, he does glide it. It was like the goal he got against the, the Spanish club was a Bilbao in the preseason game. Uh, when, yeah. he kind of, when he bounced off the defender and then kind of fizzed in the bottom left corner and he finished in the same corner in, in that aspect of things. But to have Rio playing the way Rogers wants and the way Rogers sees the game, I think it's fantastic. And Rio was conditioned to play like Posta Coglu, to play that kind of, the role he was last season, but it's changed now. He's more of our number 10. Manorelli's dropped into the, the box-to-box throw. And Atate's the creative influence and he needs to press from the front. He needs to keep going. He needs to help Kyogo kind of build up that kind of attacking phase. And I thought that was the best I've seen him this season. And like Roger says, if you see him play like that all the time, he's a fantastic player. Because once he gets his intensity levels up, he has the skill to match it. He can finish the ball, he can pass the ball. And it's a frightening prospect for me, in my opinion, for the for the for the league anyway, that Rio's coming on the top form at this moment of the season. And for any Celtic fan, I know we give him criticism, especially me, on Friday. Look, I'm not going to hold my hands up and say it was wrong. I think it was perfectly right to call him out in European football. I didn't think he played well in that game. But the, the domestic level game there against Kamarnik, I thought he was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, that's fair, mate. And Franny, obviously, as Stephen alluded to their um, Brendan's post-match comments, certainly alluded to the fact that they have had some what he deemed very honest conversations. He was obviously left out of the squad at the, at the start of the season. Um, David Turnbull took his place, you know, you think for that opening match. And again, Brendan quite honestly said, you know, he's got to up his standards if he's going to get back into the team. There was obviously the contract kind of standoff as well, which, you know, thankfully he's worked out the way that we, as fans, all wanted it to go. Do you see, as Stephen sort of suggests, just a player who's almost been conditioned to play the way that his former manager wants him to play, just getting more and more used to the, the tweaks to his game that Brendan wants from him and we're starting to see that starting to sink in now I think so and I think you could probably label that with a lot of the team and that's yeah. not a criticism at hands you buy you want to play a certain way you buy players to play that way it's mm-hmm. it's kind of simple in that in that terms but I think it is I think the words be Rogers after it are very like you say very honest Anthony and it's it, it shed some light maybe on his poor form obviously he has had injuries but maybe shed some Light on his perform. Hatati's even had comments on the back of that, similar to what Rogers said, just saying, "Look, there was a lot of stuff that I didn't want to do that I realise I need to do essentially now." Which fair play to Hatati. That's he admitted he maybe wasn't he doing following the manager's orders, and that again could lead to why maybe wasn't he in the team. Obviously, Tumble was getting an extended run out of that. We've obviously brought in Bernardo, who looks a decent, decent enough player, but with the limited. But we've seen, but also plays in the middle of the park, so he's maybe looking at that going, Well, if this guy performs, I might be out of the team. So I've, I've kind of got to turn up. I agree with what the boys were saying on Friday that 
Like I banded Rom about, but I mean we have all banded Rom about Hattati Well, I think he's a, a really good player. But I think on reflection, when the boys were talking about it, is what he's done in Europe. I think we got a wee bit carried away with that hey, pass against Real Madrid and just assume that he's plays brilliant. That's a great point. That is a I, fantastic I, point for Alan. And I, I include myself in that. Like I think he played that pass, which was a wonderful pass, but I don't think he done much more in Europe, to be honest. In the Lazio game, he was. I'm applauding you. I do think he was. I do think he was rotten, but domestically, he has been a really good player. And Saturday, he, he was really good again. He did take his goal well, like that. Just the wee touch to put it through the boys' legs, and then he just kind of jumped on. Kyogo's run makes it really easy for him in the sense that Kyogo takes the defender away and just it opens up for him. But he's still obviously got to finish it. But I think Rogers' words and. Obviously, Hattati's was coming off the back of that. I think I've been interested and probably mm. shed some light to his, his poor start to the season out, out with when he was he was injured, Anthony. But like we say, hopefully this is him progressing forward. Now can he understand what the manager wants or what this manager wants for him? And hopefully he can take into Europe because we're needing, we're needing a lot. If it come back, we're needing a lot in Europe now. I think, I think yeah. Franny, as well, like it, it shows the, the dedication of Rio mm-hmm. and because it, it could have been easy for him at that point to throw the head up and look I want out the door regardless of I'm, I'm going to down tools and I'm not going to train this way but the fact that he, he knuckled down he listened to what Roger said now he's reaping the rewards of it he got his goal which was fantastic and it, coming on to the game now I think although the international break's a bit of a fucking pain in the arse but this stage of the season they'd be coming back in with another two weeks training under his belt obviously going away with Japan and things but I think for me it does show the level of dedication from him and I think we need to praise him for that yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think that's fair. I mean, I think obviously regarding a different subject matter, but a few weeks ago I was saying, you know, people tend to show their true character in times of adversity rather than the, you know, just the, the good times. And mm-hmm. like you say, Stephen Real could very easily have went one way, could have down tools, essentially, you know, just essentially, you know, kind of protested his way into um, a January move or a summer move next year. But instead he's went the the absolute opposite and um, knuckled down, got himself um, back in contention. He's obviously still coming back for that injury, which is frustrating, but we've seen that that, that kind of match fitness has been improving game by game and then hopefully um, he's going to really kick on once this international break's um, over with. And um, yeah, it was it was a really, really good goal to start proceedings off. And um, the great goal just kept on coming, Stephen. Uh, a fantastic strike from, I have to say, a really exciting player in Louis <laughs> oh, <Hammer. shit. laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I knew I've you were going to say that, that all day. <laughs> wow. Uh, I think I've said I've been waiting to say it for Saturday afternoon. But uh, no, listen, see for what it's worth, I did get what you meant um, with, it, with, it, with the whole, the fact that he's not that kind of blistering pace, sort of, you could argue, a kind of traditional Celtic winger. I did, mm-hmm. I did understand the point you were trying to make for what it's worth. But I think we can all um, say, you know, that the boys definitely got a hell of a lot of talent there. Um, it looks like he's someone who's maybe, you know, just kind of slowly but surely getting um, kind of brought into the, the, the play. Obviously, Yang started on Wednesday night, which was a big call. I think we could understand Brendan's kind of ideas behind it. But I do mm-hmm. have to say, I felt the game sort of lifted a little bit again when, when Palmer came on during the week and obviously it was very unfortunate with the, with the goal being chopped off. Um, but he got his, I got a start on um, Saturday and um, 
not just the goal itself, but his overall play I thought was was very, very good. But um, certainly the goal itself was uh, something out the top draw. To be fair, Anthony, to you, like you held on to that joke from Saturday, and you could have said it. Our, you could have said it in our group chat at any point. But fair, Freddie, you've absolutely sunk me a cracker here. But I mean, to, to be fair, I was like, hosting. I thought I'm keeping that one. Like, <laughs> you should have been right. The, the the first topic, so I knew it was fucking coming. But I mean, but for me, like, like again, Palma. What a look! What a do like about Palmer? He's very composed on the ball. He's very, very elegant the way he moves it. He he can fizz a pass, and I think he's more creative than a dynamic winner, w- w- winger, winger. And turn look at the pass he played for Rio in the first half over the top of the heads, and Rio kind of commanded, but he obviously missed it. His goal, even though it bounced on that whole offside thing, I don't, I, I don't get it. But I, I, I just don't get it. But I'll take it. I'll take it. But the, the Palmer goal was fantastic. He fizzed it like it was fucking near the name of the post. It's fizzed by the post into the net. I thought it was a fantastic finish. And look, see, to be fair, maybe I'm a bit naive, and I'm, my favourite word, naivety, on <laughs> Friday. So maybe I'm a bit naive in the, in the terms I want my wingers to be straight on, to taking people on skills and scoring lots of goals in the system, where Palmer's totally different to that aspect. And it's probably me getting used to Palmer, the way Palmer's getting used to Celtic. Do you know what I mean? How we play and the system that Rogers wants them to take effect in. Yang. Like you mentioned him, it's his skills, his trickery, and his unknown. It's, that excites me about him. Palmer gets me kind of just like, yeah, safe. He knows what he's doing. He's experienced. He's played in the top league as well. And look, his goal, he's got two goals and three starts, isn't it? I think that's a good return. And mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see more of him. <laughs> Not excited by him, but I'm excited <laughs> to see more of him and, and what he can do in a Celtic shirt, 100%. Oh, yeah. two weeks seconds, two weeks seconds, two weeks seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, Alistair Jack is watching oh, from the hospital. He had a small operation on his leg. I hope you're okay, buddy, and make a full recovery. Great to have you on, by the way. Best wishes, mate. I hope everyone, um, hope everyone goes okay. Um, yeah, get well soon. And thanks for tuning in. You tell you, even from a hospital bed, he's absolutely brilliant. Um, still, still tuning in. He's uh, a top fan. Um, <laughs> else is there, Alistair? Um, and I think you're absolutely bang on as well, Jed. Um, I think it was a, a, a great crowd considering the. The conditions, um, there wasn't, you know, there was obviously going to be empty seats and there was some, some supporters' buses couldn't get through. The railway network was completely, um, you know, depleted ac- across the, in the central belt. But getting, um, you know, the kind of the kind of crowd that we did, I think we can be, we can be quite happy with that. But um, Franny, obviously, Stephen's, you know, cer- certainly warming to our Palmer. Um, Ross and Peter Grant have dubbed them um, Beckham-esque. <laughs> Please Do you think in a few years' time Netflix are going to be doing a documentary <laughs> about her new number seven? We never know. It's, a, it's an iconic number. It's okay. like Beckham wore it well as well, the, the number seven. And uh, I, when Ross kind of said that on Friday, I, I totally understood what he meant. It just pissed me off when Peter Grant said it to you. That was the only problem, Anthony. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> that's that's probably the point. It has to get any bigger, eh? It is well. But, no, th- is it like, I'm with Steve in the sense that and I think it is just, it's a sickle nature of football fan. It's not that, I wouldn't say that if Palmer doesn't excite me, but I was more excited by Jan because he's, he's what you perceive as a more traditional winger. He, he likes to stay yeah. wide, take boys on. He's got a bit of pace, got a bit of skill. But you can see that with Palmer, he's got a few years on him. Like He's obviously a couple, what is that, two, three years older than him. He's played a lot, lot more football as well. So And, and I think that shows... Um, so I think that's where I was getting more excited by Yang in the sense that it's how us 
it was how I seen Jota, although Jota was obviously levels above, certainly on, on experience levels above them, but where Jota had it in him to go down the line, come inside, whereas I think Yang, Yang's got that in time, whereas I think Palmer, I think Palmer can do it as well, but he's more more mature and knows, seems to pick the right the right time to do it. Like Stephen, I think it was Stephen compared to Tell Yunus, and I, I, I kind of seen that on Saturday a wee bit, seen a bit of Yunus. I think he's what we all thought. My work wanted. here is done. I, I think <laughs> I, for me, I think he, he's what we all wanted. Haxavanovic to be looks. I don't know what he absolutely junks the boy, but Haxavanovic wasn't blessed with pace, but had seemed to hit all the skill in the world. Uh, but I think Palmer's got a bit of that. And he's, he's clearly got a shot on him. He's got a delivery on him. He's seen that against Motherwell and stuff. It was it was kind of whipped in a lot. He scored for it, but I think it was just one of the crosses that were whipped into a really, really good area in for the corner. And they got his luck at the end of the day. And it's good to see that he's he's carried on that form. Like obviously that would have been a big goal for him uh, last week against Motherwell. And then although the one was chopped off uh, during the week, I think he's obviously ten a bit of confidence for that scoring on the big stage if you like and then obviously his strike how how it's no sides I know it was explained that cause the the commandant boy then tries to block kicked it, it back yeah and he kicked it back but I mean he's trying to stop it going to Hitati at the end of the day isn't he? so surely that then makes Hitati active or something I, I, we'll I take don't it, know we'll I'll take it I'll take it because what I liked after it was it would have been easy to try and play it maybe out to Maeda because um, I think he was he was still on, but he just it uh, just put a shot out for I'm not saying for nowhere, but it was an absolute doozy a shot. Stephen, you might need to start taking over hosting here because I, 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 <laughs> I can't. I was thinking this weird. I'm thinking this weird. Take on until this big team sorts himself out. Hold on, I bring it up <laughs> I, just in case I need to. Uh, but, uh, keep going. I it was total mind blank now because I know I need to kind of keep going, but I, he's he's. His strike was absolutely amazing. And just like you say, I think hopefully the number seven jersey isn't a, isn't a jinx on him, and hopefully he manages to sort of a, keep keep the confidence. Keep I, I wouldn't say the international breaks come at could could potentially the international break come at the wrong time for him, possibly. But I don't I, I don't know. It's I, I don't think he's got to come back and be be poor. But it's probably he's sitting there probably going. This breaks came at the wrong time for me. I'm I'm flying now, so that's the only downside I can see for Palmer. But it's certainly a player that I can understand. I think will be a big part for us this season. Yeah, here's something. Uh, sorry about the t- some technical no, issues. Right. There, <laughs> classic, my classic Wi-Fi. I could just you were halfway through, Franny, and it just started freezing and stuttering. I thought, what way is it coming for here? <laughs> uh, but yeah, it looks like it's been on my side as per usual. Uh, so in terms of the, as kind of all the, in terms of the attacking front to, to start with, um, and obviously Kilmarnock got their way back into the game, um, pulled one back, and um, there was also second half wasn't without incident as well. Um, obviously there was the penalty incident, um, which we could chat about, but obviously Greg Taylor scoring from a corner for Celtic. I mean, I don't know what kind of sorcery this is, <laughs> um, Stephen, but just your thoughts to start with on the. The penalty incident, I must admit, it was down our way, um, down between me and my dad sitting. When I first seen it, when I first heard it, I worded, I thought, or maybe, you know, it definitely did look soft. But then I thought it's maybe be one of the ones he's caught his foot before he's caught the ball, you know, as a foul. But unfortunately, but 
on review, I would say the referee got that one right. Yeah, I mean, on review, you need to pay that Wi-Fi bill. That can actually be a by the way. There's <laughs> something going on here. But, I mean, the, the, it was the penalty kick. Look, when it first happened, obviously, watching it with Grandin, that you're going, that's a, that's a blatant pen, because you, you, don't, you don't see the replay. I suppose that's what VAR for, that they bring them incidents back. And, he, look, there was nothing in it. I mean, I'm with Jed Thomas. It wasn't a penalty kick. And he tried to bat, look... I know people say yellow card, not fair enough, but I think it was one of them ones. Maybe there was a slightest wee nick or he came across him and the speed he was travelling up just made him fall over. It wasn't a penalty. And at the end of the day, we, we got away with one and with the goal in, in the first half with the VAR and they chalked off that penalty. And I think rightly so. And I think we'll have to take the good and the bad with the shit that we get in Scotland. And to be fair, the VAR, they made the right call on that one. And it probably made all the referees really happy that they didn't have to give us a penalty kick, frankly. Ah, true. I'd, I you see. I was watching it and thought it was thought it was a penalty as well, Stephen. When you when you see it on the telly, but I on review. I Is think, he posing? Can you see this? I, I can see. I like this. <laughs> I don't know if he's tried to like sort his Wi-Fi out, but um, I think on on reflection, it was it was one of them. You could see that it was it, it wasn't a penalty. If we, if the referee gave that, it would have been really really harsh. And I suppose that's that's what far. Is therefore it's there to correct the wrong decision. I don't think it was a bad decision for the referee giving a penalty when I think 90%, 99% probably just went, oh, that's a penalty. You could see it looked like a penalty uh, in real time, but then he's went over the monitor and in fairness to him, he's, he's had a good look at his head, more than a couple of looks at it. So he's tried to... I, th- I, I wouldn't necessarily say he was looking for a reason not to give it. I mean, obviously... It's well, hard to, it's I, well, it's hard to look at. <laughs> it's hard to see these decisions and go like when they get called over the monitor. It's I, I've yet to see a referee stick to his original uh, call, so it's it's always going to go the other way. So for me, if he's looking for a reason to not give it, he had a really good look. So he must have there must have been a wee bit of doubt in it where he wanted to keep his original decision, but unfortunately, it was. Well, I say unfortunately, it's, it, it was not a penalty, mate. It was not. It'd have been really, really harsh to get a penalty there. It'd have been really, really nah, harsh. It's one of them ones you can kind of chalk off and put it in the bin and move on from it. I think Anthony, um, I don't know what's happening, folks. I think he's <laughs> trying to get go, go to McDonald's or something in the car to get the free Wi-Fi. So that'll probably work better. But look, we'll we'll see if he gets back on the on the podcast shortly. But in regards to the, the Camarnico, a couple of strange events happened in it. There was... um. What looked to be a foul on Greg Taylor at the top half of the pitch, it wasn't given. He tried to close the goalkeeper down. He played a long ball to Kyle Fassell. It also looked like Fassell fouled Johnson, which I believe it was because he had his, his arm around his neck and then it was like a headlock and then he was down the ground. Maybe Johnson could have been stronger. He's obviously caught the wrong side. Fassell plays the ball in the midfield and it went from midfield to the, funny enough, the right-hand side where Greg Taylor should have been, but he wasn't. And then the, the player runs into the box and puts it through two hard legs. And any complaints about the goals? Any defensive errors that you want to point out? Uh, well, I, I think it's a foul on Taylor. I'll be honest. I think I think the goals have been chopped off for the. Uh, I always wear a bonnet indoors. Plunge. I just seen his comment. I've got. A I keep forgetting there. you can see the comment. I, I keep I keep forgetting you can see them. <laughs> I've got a terrible. I was getting that all. My bonnet's terrible. That's why I wear one. That's why I wear a hat. Um, but I, for me, I think Greg Taylor's filled uh, at the edge of the box up at uh, the Kilmarnock end. The Aster Johnson one, 
no for me, mate. I think he needs to be stronger. I think it's it's one of them and it's it's six and six and two threes, really. It's just No, I think it was a foul, no. Nah, t- I think uh, Vassell's has done him done him well. I think he's I think he's really done like he I, I think it's actually a good play for Vassell's where he's sort of uh, um he's muscled him out and he's actually got the right side of uh, Johnson forced him on the wrong side. And I think I, I do think the two of them are holding on to each other and stuff, but I do think it's I, I wouldn't be gain a foul there for me. And as I say it's it's no surprise that it the ball then works its way over to where Taylor should be and the boy scores for that. Mm. I don't really think Joe Hart can do much with so like I don't think it was the best strike. Similarly Kyoko's goal against Lat, so it's kind of straight at the goalkeeper. Um <laughs> Alistair, I am never moody. Come on, Alistair. <laughs> um I think it was it's one of the ones where Joe Hart's probably expecting it to go either side of him and by like it's maybe the Motherwell boys try to put it either side of him, but he just ends up putting it come straight on at it, Joe Hart. I come on it, boy, sorry. He ends up putting it straight <laughs> at him and it goes through his legs. I, I've no issue with the goalkeeper and the goalkeeping for it. I think the only way I would pick fault in it for a defensive point of view is I think Alistair Johnson needs to do better. Yeah, see, when, when I seen the, the highlights of it back, it looked like to me Johnson got caught on the wrong side of a cell. He's trying to recover that situation, and it's literally shoulder to shoulder. Albeit, I think it is a foul because he has his arm around his neck, but sure, we, we know what it's like. And like you said, Franny, the goal, Joe Hart for me is not at fault in any shape or form that way. I think he came out really quick. He tried to close down the angle. It didn't work, and we held out for the win, which, which I suppose is great. But Anthony, up to yourself again, buddy. We're just talking about the uh, Camarnico. The, the classic, classic technical issues, mate. I, uh-huh. um, yeah, frustrating uh, goal to lose, especially when you know we'd we'd had quite a few chances before that and just couldn't get that third goal. And then obviously, even though as Franny says, I, I do agree with him. It wasn't to the point where the crowd got really nervous. I thought where they thought, oh God, we're going to throw this away. But it's only that so that there's a bit of nerves just for that brief wee period, you know, especially after the events of Wednesday night, but. Thankfully, we, um, you know, it didn't last too long and we got the third goal um, pretty quickly um, after that. But, boys, I just want to say, obviously, I know we kind of spoke about the defence slightly, obviously negatively there with the conceding of the goal, but two things I just want to bring out about the, the defence. First of all, um, Stephen, obviously, it was the first start um, for Cameron Carter-Vickers um, for a while, but, but long way back for injury. He obviously came on for a while on Wednesday, but this was his first start. I have to say, look, very assured, just, you know, like the way that we're, we're so used to seeing him over the last couple of seasons. But also um, got to have an, another Liam Scales appreciation post. I just think, <laughs> obviously, Brendan's post-match comments as well were absolutely fantastic and how he's, um, you know, how he's coming on leaps and bounds. But I just think it seems to be the, the bigger the occasion, the better he's playing at the moment. The jersey's his and he's certainly no for giving it up. Nah, I think Carter Vickers at 50% fitness mate could stroll the SPFL. He's just that type of player to me. He just makes me feel safe when he plays. And regardless of who it's with, you, you, the defence always looks more solid. And obviously people are pointing to blame, or maybe not to blame, but the, the mistake that he done against La Lazio. But he was only free in there. He was back in. So, I mean, he may, may, should have cleared the ball probably, yes. But again, he, that happened and we move on. Feels like I'm still stuck with it, on it. It's, just, it's in the back of my mind always. But um, I think as well with Vickers is, 
I hope he's the next one we get tied down on a long-term contract. I really do. Mm-hmm. Just to kind of evolve that kind of spine again, because everyone else is key to it, has been tied down on, on a deal. He's just superb, mate. He's a titan. He, he's so quick over the ground as well. I think people don't notice that about him. He recovers really well. If he loses the ball, he, he's always in the right positions. And I mean, like with skills, by the way, like skills, it's it's baffling. I keep saying this. It's mind-boggling that we're talking about skills being our first choice centre half alongside Fickers or whoever it may be, Phillips. But the guy, I think with Rodgers, we, we understand that he can coach players to a new level. We've seen that like with Armstrong. We've seen it with different players in his first tenure with Celtic, and he, he does that really well. And I think he's doing that with skills. He simplified his game. Tackle, move the ball quick. Tackle, move the ball quick. That's what he's doing. And what I love as well is the wee intricate passes because he's left-footed that he can get involved with. He can put it in the midfield. He can pop it out wide. Where it was Starfelt last season because he's right-footed, it didn't look comfortable. Do you know I mean? It didn't look like it was just flowing. The play wasn't flowing as well. But with skills, he can ping a long ball. He can play a short ball. He gets stuck in was that tackle he done on the Lazio player in, in Europe was a cracking it was unbelievable he was free was a fleet by Anderson he didn't know what hit him and Can't then was, but I know the tackle you're talking about yeah it was a fantastic funny enough Taylor in a position but sure but um <laughs> I, I, think, I think I think for me skills is, is probably up there with our best player this season up there with like O'Reilly someone of that elk I, I think he's been so he's been so impressive he really has yeah, I, I would agree, mate. He's definitely an early contender, um, it could be said. Um, what about yourself, um, Franny? Just uh, your, your thoughts on Carter Vickers coming back. Obviously, the, the kind of quick partnership he seems to have developed with William Scales. And just a, a bit of, yeah, yeah, yeah more um, accolades <laughs> for, for, for Scales again. We, we just, I think we're all in a state of shock at just how, how much he's came on. Uh, well, I'll, I'll start with Carter Vickers. I think. That guy's got to be protected at all costs. I think I think it's quite interesting how Rogers has managed them back. You can see like days like Saturday where I don't really think we're under defensively under much pressure, but he still bring him up, still bring him off around about 60, 65 minutes. It feels like he's that that was always agreed. It's maybe the sports science kicking in where it's saying, Well, we'll give him this amount this amount of minutes and things like that. So I think it's well we're Playing them well, we're not taking too many risks, even though like we're, we're obviously playing better. But it would have been easy to chuck him in against Lazio. It was clearly fit enough for some minutes, so I thought that was a big call for for Rogers not to do that. Um, but I, it's, I know Stephen mentioned about the contract. It'd be great if he did sign a contract. No question about that. But I've got a feeling that Carter Vickers is another one really be seeking a move away. Yeah, but it'd yeah. be nice. It'd be nice to reward them for it because centre halves are are hard to find. It's it's been a while since we've had. Obviously, Starfield and him have been were superb for for the best part of two seasons. Um, so centre half partnerships are, are quite hard to come by. Narofke, he looked a good player when he, he came in. You hope obviously I forgot about him. You obviously hope he comes back for his injury. Uh, and can he continues that form? I thought he was alright, but what you've got to kind of say is hands up. I think every Celtic fan got it wrong about Liam Scales. In fairness, I think we all had him out the door at the start of the season. Not really anything against the guy, but it was just like you say he'd brought in that uh, Navrovke, brought in Lager Bielka, Stephen Welsh had just got the new, the new deal. 
there was I appreciate there's question marks over Kobayashi, but it was probably in the most in most folks' eyes a heady Liam Scales. So for me, the guy said it on Friday as well. It was I didn't see a future for Liam Scales. I did not see it. Um, I'm I'm obviously not counting Nat Phillips is in this argument because he's obviously been brought in as an emergency loan. I think it was it's yeah. something that can bring him into the debate. But I know obviously Scales is it's. Fair play, it's one of the ones where obviously it's it's injuries, it's unfortunate circumstances, how he's in there. But if we're all honest, it was the only way he was getting a chance. He was, I don't really, he hardly featured in pre-season. And like I say, but he came in, I can't, did they play, was Ibrox his first game or it have been the one or four that or something? I can't actually it was remember. Ibrox, man. It was Ibrox. I think it was Ibrox his first game. Um, competitive, was, anyway. I think so. I think so. Yes, yeah. but from there, like he could have had a better game if he tried. I, I think he gets away with one at the start. It obviously missed times the header, but obviously it was an offside goal, so he gets away with it when he manages to play his way into the game. But he's he's been absolutely brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And I think there's no enough praise you can get, give the guy. Fair play to him, as I say. Most football players are on social media. With all written him off in a future at Celtic. I don't think he will thought he was a bad player. You don't get to teams like Celtic when you're a bad football player. You just might not be up to the up to the standards. But it's a... <laughs> I stand with Stephen after Willie's treatment of him the last year. It was all good crack, mate. Um I think it's testament to the guy's mentality that he's he'll know he wasn't flavour of the month with, amongst the fans. But He's, he's been absolutely brilliant every game he's played in. There's, he's obviously had his mistakes. He's no blessed with pace, so he's got to kind of have to try and work around that. But I agree with what Stephen was saying about being left-footed. It makes it makes that passing out for the back a wee bit better. Not to have a dig mm-hmm. at Starfield, but it, it wasn't really his game. He had to let the ball come across him and things like that, where skills can kind of just... He can kind of play it both ways more, more easily and things like that. So... For me, the biggest compliment you can give him, our full compliment to defenders are now, and it is a bit unfair in uh, Navrovka because he's been injured, but it's CCV and skills that you're putting at centre half every day of the week, right now. Every day of the week. I think, the, I think as well, with Liam Scales, what's going in his favour, he's nothing to lose. Nah. And once once for me, when you get that attitude, the only way you can really go is up. So he's took the opportunity with both hands. Yeah, he's had a few mistakes, and I think Jed said it. Who doesn't make mistakes, especially in that mm. environment? But he's recovering well from them. Yes. He's keeping his head up. He's taking the ball still. He's tackling the player. He's he's winning headers. He's doing all the mm. basic things right. Yes. And if you have if you have figures beside you, an experienced pro like him, you're only going to get better. And look, I'm not saying skills is going to be the number one for the next few years. He, he could have a dip in form. The Rocky could come back in, but just see for now. I think he's been excellent, and he deserves all the praise. It's through his way. People like myself, personally, that was like, what the fuck's he doing about the thing? And I always admit <laughs> that. I said, I said it, and I'll, I'll, do you know what I mean? I did say it. But humble pie has been dished out and bucket loads to me, and I'm taking it. I think he's been excellent. He's been up there with the best performers, and he's received a call-up to the international team of Ireland. And it, again, testament to how well he's doing in a Celtic shirt. And a lot as well has to be done with Rodgers. To deal with that situation, to throw Liam Skills, Liam Skills into them, environments like Europe, environments like Ibrox and expected performance, he's delivered and that's trust, he has the manager's trust and I think that's fantastic I mean fair play, did you hear Rogers after the game saying how he's 
been his biggest surprise in football, probably. Yes, yeah, I heard that. Yeah, I think that's great. It's honestly, it's refreshing. I think it was, it was a training video before the Lazio game. It showed you Rogers taking him aside and having conversations with him. So he's probably, like you say, Steve, he's probably have been coaching him. And I, for me, it'll be interesting after the international break. I think Liam Scales will still still be in there, but I don't. I'm not sure if. I don't think Narofka will be back in time for that, but surely Nat Phillips will be up to speed. Now, I know Nat Phillips is brought in as emergency loan, but he's a good player. He's a, he's a good yeah. defender. It'll be interesting to see if the partner Henry CCV or Skills keeps his place. I think Rogers will keep his will stick with him. I think that's part of Rogers' man management. It's, it'd be a kick in the teeth for the lad as well. And what's that got to do for his confidence if he plays, plays as well as he's been playing and then once you've got your full quarterback, you, you kind of kick him out the team and stuff and just put him back down the, the pecking order. I appreciate that sometimes the nature of a big football club, but no, nah, I think it's, I think, not saying we all got it wrong about skills, but he's making a lot of lawyers eat humble pie and fair fucks to the laddie for it. Fair play yeah. to him. Fair play. Yeah, absolutely. You can only, Ch- chances, especially maybe second chances, um, come about very rarely at clubs like Celtic, and I think he's he's embracing that. I mean, it, mm. we know it's probably through circumstance, um, you know, a set of negative circumstances where we're concerned for you know that there's been a, a lengthy injury list um, at the back, but he's been given the opportunity, and it's what you do with that opportunity. And I don't think mm. anyone can argue against the fact that he's. He's grabbing it with both hands and he's putting in brilliant performances week after week. So, as you say, boys, long may that um, continue. Um, just wanted to obviously, obviously, get performance on on Saturday. Um, you know, put us ten points clear over over the weekend, and you know that gap still remains at seven as we go into the international break. But um, obviously, guys, you were talking a lot on on Friday about the the the, the, the game on Wednesday night. So. There was another big bit of news um, in the, the Celtic football and world um, last week. Um, I just wanted to kind of uh, bring it up because I know you guys didn't really get the chance to talk about it on on Friday. But um, one of our most kind of favoured sons from the, the modern time, uh, Tam Rogic, hung up his boots at the relative, relative young age, 30 years old um, during the week, um, obviously for the, the family reasons that he outlined on, on his social media post. But... I just thought it was only right that we we paid tribute to to Tom Rogic because he's in all his, his time at Celtic he was an absolute superstar gave us some wonderful memories Stephen and I'm taking these stats for the the Celtic program so I'm on Saturday so I'm taking these to be to be factual um, but it's saying 272 appearances for the club in all 46 goals 49 assists but um, I don't think there was one tapping um, in any of those 46 <laughs> goals. Um, just one of those kind of maverick footballers, Stephen, and there was times he would just glide past players as if they weren't there. He, he just looked so classy with a football at his feet. Mm-hmm. Um, but also on top of that, you you think of guys that I think belong in the same sort of bracket. You you look at guys that an on-forum version of that player can make all the difference in a league campaign. I think going back to you know my, my early teenage years, it was... Um, probably Alan Thompson. Um, I think he was always a big game player you looked to against Rangers. He was well, he was either always good for a goal or a red card. It was one of the two, but you kinda you kinda loved him either way. Um but Tam Rogic just seems to to to, uh, to bring that with him. Gary Hooper always as well seemed to have it. The bigger occasion, the better 
he played, um, whether it be cup finals um, or semi-finals, whether it be um, matches against Rangers at, at home, away or at Hamden, he was just the, the, the player that, so you know, successive managers felt that they could trust, uh, they could trust him on that occasion, and more often than not, he would repay that trust. But just wanted to get your your thoughts on the man, and obviously any of your favourite memories that you've got of him in a Celtic shirt. I mean, first of all, I have to say the, the statement they put out it was so emotional, and I think it clarified a lot of things that we were thinking at the time of his departure. Mm. Went to West Brom, didn't quite work out, and it went quiet for a while. Obviously, a lot of family difficulties, a lot of reasons for that, and that, that's fair enough. And I had a wee tear. I mean, I reading it to be fair. I thought it was quite in depth. It was so personal. It was I, I just thought it was great seeing that open and kind of honest environment that he's comfortable to share his life experiences with his partner and the whole IVF thing for his kids. He's expecting twins. He's he has a kid and throughout that there's difficulty difficulties within his personal life. And look, he first and foremost I think I can't remember who said it in an interview, but he's a family man. And he wants to make the most of the time with his family. Obviously, he's had, as we said, difficulties. And Jed, there in the comments, family comes first, 100%. I'm glad. You know what I mean? And it was so refreshing. You know what I mean? And we all wanted them to come back somewhere and play football again. But he's chosen not to at the age of 30. And that's, that's his own choice. He's had a fantastic career, trophy laden career at Celtic, especially. And like you said, memories of him. I remember the goal he scored against Kamarnik and Celtic were in that kind of green pinstripe away kit. Do you remember that? Yeah. Fizzed yeah. into the, the top corner. Obviously, the, the travel winning goal. We all, we've talked about that lots in this podcast, the emotions we all felt in that day. The 60-minute man he was labelled at, at points in his career. But I tell you what, seeing them 60 minutes, there was a couple of moments of magic that you go, wow. And he's, he's a player for me I'll never forget. And this might be a big label, but he's my modern-day Lubo Mrazvik. I remember Lubo and fit, fits and starts, but Tom Rodzik to me was an absolute unbelievable footballer. Yeah, he didn't track back. Yeah, he didn't tackle players. But seeing he had the ball at his feet, no one could get it off him. He just dribbled around you like you weren't there. He took the, the goal of Tanadice. Remember was, we were in the pub that day? Uh, that's right. I, no, I, I remember I, it well. I don't even get goal of the season. No, he took it from. No, I'm saying that might Yeah, look, there's Corvo. The solo goal. Atalanta was beautiful. We all celebrated that. It was unbelievable. We were all hung over the next day. But um, it's it's one of these things. He's a, for me. He's fantastic. And as I said, they're a big label for him. But I, I truly mean it. I was so frustrated with him at times. I really was. I remember always saying, "As play, like playing with ten men, especially in Europe and that." But sure, I say a lot of stupid shit in this podcast, and it comes back <laughs> to bite me in the arse more times than anything. But I, I'll miss him. I, I, I was. Basically crying when he was going off the pitch that time for his final stand ovation. And look, incredible player, Anthony. You could talk about his. We could do a podcast special on his goals. We really could. There you go. So we rewind idea, maybe. If we ever get round to doing them. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, Mr. Thomas League episodes. I'll get round to them eventually. Franny, I think Stephen kind of summed it up. Um, Absolutely brilliantly there. I think, you know, people have got so many different memories of him. And I remember that, that game very well that Stephen was talking about, you know, the match um, against Kilmarnock. And I think oh, what we talk about there about, you know, big moments, um, it was, um, we've got to remember that was, you know, Ronnie's, you know, second and, and final season at the club. We know that things were, were not great. Um, and to the point where Celtic kicked off early um, that day. And if they'd actually dropped points, you know, going into the, you know, the 
we were getting right into springtime by this point. Had we dropped points that afternoon, and then I, I always remember Aberdeen were away at Fir Park that afternoon. I don't think Motherwell were pulling up any trees that season. So they were, you know, heavy favourites to go down. I think they took a massive crowd down to Motherwell with the idea that they could potentially go top of the league. And I still think they maybe even had a game in hand going into the, the sort of final furlong. It's not kind of hyperbole to say that we were in a... The, the state that we were in, there was a good chance that if things went really against us, that, you know, there was every chance we, that we might not, not even have won the league that season. Um, but in one magical, you know, wave his foot, but thanks, you know, 25, 30 yards out, right in the top corner, no keeper in the world stopping it. Um, we get the full three points and then Aberdeen crashed and burned at Fur Park and then, you know, I think our, our point leads at that point went up to four or five and from there we didn't really ever look back and our points uh, tally just increased um, against Aberdeen. But you just never know what would have happened if um, things had went wrong that day and then you just think to a year later when he's performing something just as miraculous and it's to secure an unbeaten um, treble one in season, some that never been done before or since. He's just one of the players that is, um, he's just notorious for creating those special moments. It's been, you know, throughout his whole time at the club. Oh, I, like, he's, don't, he's, he's not a maverick, but he's he kind of got that kind of aura about him. He was, like, like you have been saying, he's, he's, he was a big game player. Maybe not so much in in Europe done it for us, but I think certainly, in the most part, it, it was it was big moments he had. In it feels like he rarely scored, not necessarily a consolation goal, but like the third or fourth goal and a and a four or five six nil one. It didn't feel like he would get the fourth or fifth goal in that. Always felt like he'd get the first or second, and then they like, say big moment like. That Aberdeen one's obviously got to stick out. That mm. Kilmarnock one is a great moment as well. He also had the uh, Tino score the fourth goal against Motherwell with the four three game at, at First Park as well. Yeah, he did, yeah, I think. He scored yeah. the winner late on then. So it, it was big goals. That 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 one at Dundee United was a brilliant goal. There's the one at, uh, at Ibrox in Rogers' second season. I think the three two game mm-hmm. uh, against yeah. Murray. We're down one 0 He scores to equalise. Inadvertently, nearly snaps the boy's ankle and turn in the process, <laughs> which is always, always fair and all that, I guess. Um, and then he's he had the goal in the Rangers game uh, where Aaron Ramsey uh, scored the opening goal. Um, I think it was uh, with with Poster Coglu where we won two one and stuff. So it's Roger so, gives a that exactly. It's there was there's. Uh, Honestly, you could go up your your arms length the amount of big moments that, that Rogers had uh Rogic had his had so many, so many massive moments. And I appreciate he, he was there for nine seasons, so he's got he's going to have big moments, but it was not it was not sporadic, it was consistent year on year and mm. uh, uh, whatever. Um, it was consistently having moments in every Did season. Did you just argue with yourself? Aye, I did, aye. I was like, I was done. It was always good for, for big moments. And like you say, I, I was, when you boys were talking, I was trying to scramble if see if I could find and in the back of my mind, a tap in or shutting for about five. But apart from that Ibrox one, I can't really think of many where he, not necessarily, 
because even the Ibrox one wasn't really a scrappy goal, but it's it's not. It was obviously one that Kenny eventually broke and found its way to him. But obviously, you've got McGregor's running things like that leading up to it. But uh, he's, it was a truly, truly special player. And like you say, gave us a, the best. It gave us a majority of his career. Well, gave, pretty much gave us all his career when you consider obviously he's just just retired. But um, but to go to his statement, I thought his statement was absolutely a touch of class. It, it it showed you that as much as these guys are on silly money compared to you and I and stuff, it just shows you they're, they're normal people at the end of the day and that they've, they've got their own issues, they've got their own worries at home and stuff. And I think it's a testament to the guy that he's clearly, like, like as I've said, he's, a, he's a clearly a family guy. Mm-hmm. We always wondered why he went. We always kind of had, well, uh, guessing that he was got to go back to Australia when he left Celtic because it seemed like he was saying he was missing home and things like that. Then he turns up at flipping West Brom, man. What a place that is. It's horrendous. But, and it obviously didn't work out for him, but he gave it a go and it's obviously came out in the background. He was having uh, issues with the IVF and stuff, but obviously he's had successes with it and he's obviously got this latest success. And like I say, a lot of us have got our, our issues with Lowell and uh, Desmond, but he credited them with, with sort of <clears> pointing <throat> them in the right direction when it comes to all that treatment. So I think that's fair play to him. And, and as I say, fair play to the guy that he wants to put his family first. Footballers drag their family. I know Rogers was here for nine years, so essentially didn't really drag his family all across the globe. But a lot of footballers, that's two years here, a year there, and they're dragging their family here, there, and everywhere. And sometimes there's kids, and that can obviously be a burden on the family life and you can then take that on the part but it's clear that he wants to just go back home go back to Australia and just try and well he's still a young young man he's fuck I think so it's only Stephen in the podcast that's younger than him we're all we're only <laughs> 10 years as he's, 10 years as he's senior and stuff so fair play to him that he's I'm still, I'm going to play instead of him uh, like he's still still a young still a young man um, you and Palmer well, out on the left. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's sacrifice making a lot of money. Probably he could still make a lot of money in the game, but he just want to give a lot of his good years uh, towards his family. And he's maybe thinking about going out and doing activities and all that with his kids. If he hangs about for another five, six years playing football, he could get a bad injury and maybe not get to essentially just kick about with your reins or stuff, take them down the park, and might not get the opportunity. So. He's taking that decision for his family and nah, fair play to the boy for it. Yeah, yeah I think that's, uh, that's fair. I think as well, I mean, he is probably the most photogenic human being on planet Earth, so I'm sure there's a few Australian <laughs> sports studios will be more than happy to have him on as a pundit, you know. Um, you know, but yeah, really nice. Um, yeah, any, any, any time he was ever on, that you, never does anything but speak, plays a bit Celtic and uh, yeah, he's given us some, some brilliant memories, so we wish him uh, all the best. Um, in terms of the show, boys, that's pretty much it. I'll just sort of thought we'd touch briefly on Thursday night. Uh, Franny, I'll come to you first for this because, as we know, Stephen has got absolutely zero interest in the events on uh, on Thursday. But obviously, um, <laughs> we could be a little bit of history made if the if the football and God shine on Scotland. Um, we're just, it's just we know it's a case of when uh, and not if um, we ought to, you know we qualify for the Euros next year. Could happen on Thursday night. Be a very difficult um, task, of course, away to Spain, who'll be out for a bit of revenge. But obviously, a few Celtic players um, called up for the squad. Um, you know, Greg and Callum McGregor, and obviously 
few ex-players um, as well. We just hope, we know it's appreciate it'll be a hard, a hard task, but you never know, this might be the week, this might be the, the, the round of fixtures where we can finally get over the line. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe. Well, I think it will be a tall order, Anthony. Um, like you say, going going away to Spain. I mean, by all accounts, at Hamden, we 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 put them at the sword, and I thought we were fully deserving of our, our victory at Hamden. I don't Spain. Spain were decent, but the, I thought Scotland were well value for their for their two 0 victory. And I will have to not totally chuck Stephen under the bus. I'm. As you know, I'm no big for the international <laughs> football either, but I'm absolutely... It's the wrong team. It's the uh, wrong team. Where's Ross when you need them? I know, <laughs> as, as I will concede, I'm well on, well on the bandwagon in total. Oh, you're a sellout, by the way. Oh, mate, I'm absolutely on the hype train when it comes to Scotland now. I'm, I'll jump on that, no bother. I'm obviously, like like Anthony and Willie and Ross, if they get beaten Thursday, I'll, I'll obviously be disappointed, but as I'm mostly involved as... I won't get as emotionally involved as they three. I think they they'll take it a lot worse than me. Whereas I'll I'll be I'll be fine the next day, but I'll start <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll start getting bothered if, as I say, I don't. I hope they do do it because I think it's just a point we need, Anthony, to, to officially uh, qualify. On, on a, I can't remember how exactly how the, the the other teams. I think we're basically waiting on some of the other teams taking points off each other as well. Uh, you know, it's, it's that kind of way. Um, uh, but I think we are, I thought we only need the point to kind of qualify because it's the top two, but maybe obviously we need some other results to go away. And it's just unfortunate the way because the group's an uneven number that you're only playing one game this, this sort of international break. It'd be good if you had the other game because I say, I, I hope I'm wrong and we do get a positive result on Thursday, but I think it'll be a tall order and it's just one of the ones wait until November. But again, that's... It's they've done so well to win every game so far mm-hmm. that, like you say, they probably could actually get away with no one and another. I kind of think of the way the group's looking right now, but they probably get away with no one and another game. But due to the other teams taking points off each other, they'll probably not finish any any mm-hmm. worse than than a fourth, a second, and now. So I obviously hoping hoping for a rather positive result because obviously I'm trying to lag my way to Germany anyway, Anthony. As I say, um. I'll be jumping on. I'm jumping on the bandwagon. That's if they didn't qualify. That's when I'll be. That's when emotions might start coming out. Because I'm like, that's that. how did well, how did I, just, I justify Germany now if Scotland's leaving there? That's that. It's uh, we're going to be uh, a bit of a bit of a signal, isn't it? Especially oh, given how how well we played. But um, yeah, I think we appreciate this is definitely going to be the hardest game in the group. We we are playing again next Tuesday, I believe, and. For, for reasons unknown to me, we're playing France in a glamour friendly. I, I, I mean, I understood why we played England because you know it was the, the anniversary, the, the you know the you know the, the football association and stuff. Unless there's some very specific, I don't know, old alliance reason for for playing oh, the French, then I've got no idea where we're playing it. If you're going to play a friendly, you know, play it against. I mean, I know that I will say, oh, you know, we're a Group A Nations League team now, anyway, but. I'd, I'd, I've I've never seen the the point in glamour friendlies if I'm being no, perfectly honest. I'd rather play. Yeah. Run about your level or a wee bit. Uh, aye, that's, that's it because if, Sam you, Reno, know, <laughs> you know, if you were to lose heavily, it, although it's only a friendly, you, it kind of disrupts that wee bit of momentum that we've built the last sort of few games in this qualifying mm. campaign. And obviously, you know, you're kind of more 
famous, you know, your John McGinn's and that of this world, you wouldn't want them picking up any kind of silly injuries on, on a game that does literally mean nothing. So no idea why we're playing France, but you know, obviously well, goes without saying we hope we get the win. But um Stephen invested Dammer in international football, didn't he? A clue about that game. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. What about yourself, Stephen? Will you have your um you know the, the salt tire face paint on, ready to go, ready to cheer on your adopted homeland? Absolutely fucking not. <laughs> I, I'll, probably, I'll probably watch the game, but do you know I'm honest about it? Franny does sold himself out there. That's terrible. But I've, mate, I've always, I, see if it's see if it's Ireland or not. I couldn't care less either. I'll watch the big tournaments, and if the home nations like Ireland and, and Scotland are in, I'll obviously support them and stuff like that. But I, I mean, is it Spain away? Yeah, it's actually getting. I'm, I'm sure it's getting played in the Olympia Stadium in Seville, where Celtic played Porto. I think that's where the Spaniards tend to set up camp these days. I know they obviously don't have a national stadium, but mm. I think that's generally where they tend to play now. Right. I mean, for for me, it's like I know you're on. Thanks, Pam. I know you're on beating in the in the group. I think I've watched some of the games to be honest, but. It, I can't remember them because I don't. I don't. Mm-hmm. just can't leave them in the past. Obviously, when, when they're over in Dumbuff. But um, damn, the Irish guy in Braveheart was called Stephen. What? Was it? <laughs> I don't know. But Stephen oh, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> but I think for me, like I want Scotland to do it. I'm if he's not one, I think he's well do it. You just need a point. Spain. Watching, I watched the Spain game and I thought that the thing I noticed the first time he's played them they're very like weak. The moan a lot, and I don't like the physical aspect of the game. So, if Steve Clark keeps that side of things up, I think McTominay, Che Adams, and Dykes, whoever's going to play the game, center half, Jack Henry, people like that, mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything to fear no more. Scotland have a team, most of the players play top level football, mm-hmm. obviously, within Cal McGregor and, and our team, and, and Greg Taylor getting that squad. But it's nothing to fear. It should be a fixture that Scotland for me should embrace and hope to pick up something from it. At least the point, I think the confidence and, and the forms there. But international football as a whole, I'm with Patrick McLaughlin. Sack it off to the summer or as close to as a summer as you can. See, having two international breaks in between this close start of the season, it's an absolute shambles in my opinion. And it interrupts momentum and, and players could get injured for their respective national teams and it doesn't do any help for the club club football side of things. And then we have the Asian Cup to deal with in January. Everyone, most of the squad's going to be away, so that's going to be interesting. <laughs> Carl McGregor walking in, Lennox Town got bigger. <laughs> so, <laughs> look, I hope you do it, and if you get into it, I'm sure to have a few pints of you lads, and we'll watch a few games together and that. But I couldn't care. <laughs> eloquent as ever, Stephen. <laughs> well, I'm then, sorry. Of, I don't know what else oh, to say. No, listen, it's, it's fair enough, mate. It's fair enough. Uh, but in terms of the the show tonight, boys, that's kind of that's sort of a wrap for tonight. Apologies again for the technical issues. Where, uh, yeah, again, um, classic Appleton Drive Wi-Fi. You know, you've got to love it. But uh, yeah, hopefully, it kind of it's been all right since then. Uh, have you enjoyed it? Ah, oh, brilliant, mate. Had a good laugh. Ah, it's been good. It's been like good. I've not been on uh, for, for quite a while, even though it's only been two weeks. But, you know, that way there's like so much has happened, you know, with the uh-huh. European games and whatnot. So, yeah, it's uh, it's been good to be back on. Yes. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. And, and I think I, I want to do as well, I want to say in the chat, again, interaction was top notch and people have debates with each other all the time. And see, watching people have conversations with each other, get to know each other and have a bit of crack, that's what it's all about. Okay. We all love it.
Absolutely, right. and it's obviously they, they guys that help help the show grow, you know, and everyone that, that tunes in, they, they, all, they all love to get involved. Certainly. And it's, it's absolutely Certainly. brilliant. Subscribe. I like the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you're liking what you're hearing and seeing, by all means, hit that like and subscribe button, of course, because, you know, <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be nice to get a few more um, in the, in the numbers. Yeah. <laughs> Not that we bother about that. Got to retire somehow, some soon. Exactly, lads. <laughs> That's it. I don't, I don't think we're going to be coming live for the Las Vegas convention anytime soon, boys, but, nah. you know, what can you do? But uh, that's it for us tonight, guys. I'll, I'll we'll paint the wall. I'll paint the wall like that for Friday. Right, that's it. Well, you can, <laughs> you can like, literally a blank canvas there, son. What would you like? I'll put a wee, I'll put a wee retro jersey up so we can talk about that just before we go into the football. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> Super. Well, Stephen, I'll leave you to to do the farewells with your iconic phrase, and uh, yeah, we'll see you again soon, folks. We'll see you again Friday. Um, I think we'll be looking at the Scotland game, talking about it in some shape or form. I'll be on, so I'll give my fantastic take on it. But until oh, yeah, then, stay well. Well, stay well and keep safe. Hail, hail.